Andy. I know this move has been really tough, but this is supposed to be a new start for us, remember? You said you were going to try to make new friends. Buddy can connect to and control all of your Caslin products and smart home devices. Introducing your new best friend. did something. Andy, if you know something, you better tell me. Something's wrong with Chucky. Buddy can connect to and control all of your camera. Chucky is a toy. He could be anywhere. Welcome to Kazlin Car. We have to stop him. Good night, Andy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the new episode of Fresh Cuts. I'm one-third of your hosting team tonight, Mike, and with me, as always, is Mr. Venom. How's it going? What's going on? Greetings and salutations, listeners. Also with us, uh, coming back to the show after a while, she's been on before. I'm sure everyone listening to this show is familiar with her. It's uh, Miss Carly. Welcome back, Carly. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Glad to be here. We actually got lucky this this episode because it's a movie. I'm sure it seems like quite a lot of people have seen, and it kind of worked out the timing that Carly was able to do it despite working hard today on a Sunday. So uh, <laughs> that sucks, but hopefully, recording this with us will uh, put you suck in a, a little mood. less. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe. <Yeah. laughs> or you'll be like, "Can I just go back to the hotel and work some more?" <laughs> oh my god, never. No, it was. I actually did want to talk about this one because I thought it would be an interesting one to discuss. So, figured True. I would jump on with you guys. No problem. Sweet. Well, we are talking about the movie that just released this past Friday. Um, it is Child's Play, released theatrically, as everyone probably already knows. It's uh, kind of a remake in name, only there are a couple connections, not story-wise. It's not it's not trying to be a sequel or anything. It's, it's its own thing, or I would say not a remake, a reboot, I guess. I don't know, however you want to call it. The synopsis goes as follows. A mother gives her 13-year-old son a toy doll for his birthday, unaware of its more sinister nature. So uh, before I get into my thoughts, I'll just say going into it, I kind of had the general thinking of like, I I saw the very first trailer and I kind of avoided the other ones. And I thought our first trailer looked like decent. I just wasn't sure. Like I was like, why do they have to call it Child's Play? 
just make your own killer doll movie. But I assume, okay, the child's play name alone will bring some people to the theater. I saw it on a Sunday morning, which typically the crowds are pretty small for. So it was hard. It's always usually hard for me to judge by that anyway, just because of the time I'm usually seeing these movies at. But um, general thoughts on child's play. I will go to Venom first. What are your general thoughts? All right. Well, going into the theater, I was fully prepared to hate this movie. I felt like this was an unnecessary remake. Um, Child's Play, the original uh, lineage is still going on. I mean, we just got Cult of Chucky a couple of years ago. There are still plans for yet another chapter in that timeline, plus the television show that's been talked about for a while. So like I said, I went into the theater just fully prepared to give this a bad review. But wow, this movie surprised the hell out of me. Um, First and foremost, um, listeners know I don't watch trailers, so this was all fresh to me. Um, I had heard that it was going to be an AI gone amok situation as opposed to the voodoo situation of the first one and i was you know i was kind of worried on how they were going to handle that you know was this going to be a jason lives type situation where the doll gets struck by lightning or some kind of power surge or you know something weird goes off on it but i want i'm gonna say that i i i actually loved how they handled uh the creation of this doll and you know explaining what happened to its ai uh i thought it was very poignant it had it, it actually has a a good sense of social commentary too with a lot of what's going on in the asian world with you know iphones and you know the 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 horror stories we've heard about productions of uh, those things so i thought that was done really well and then throughout the movie um i was concerned that you know that the doll was just going to out of nowhere have all these behaviors that didn't make sense but they handled everything so well everything that chucky did in this movie was learned behavior none of it was like programmed into it or his like his circuitry didn't go haywire and suddenly you know made him a killer they actually explained it really well and chucky's kind of character arc was very believable and i think that's one of the strong suits of the movie is that the story just works as much as i wanted to hate it it works so before i get too incredibly long-winded on my general thoughts um i ended up really 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 enjoying this movie almost loving it and that's the shock of 2019 for me so far at least yeah (laughs) at about the halfway point of the year (laughs) Uh, all right carly what are your general thoughts on this um, yeah, I mean, going into this one, you know, I feel like a lot of people were kind of prejudging this more than a lot of other movies I've seen lately. It seems like a lot of people just expected it to be freaking awful, but uh, I kind of went in open-minded. I thought the Chucky doll looked a little weird, but uh, it was whatever. But yeah, I was really shocked by this one. I mean, it was a lot of fun. It, it was actually really funny, too. There was a lot mm-hmm. of moments where I was just JP and I were both kind of laughing out loud. I was like afraid other audience members were going to get annoyed because like they really kind of make it lighthearted and funny in moments. And, um, you know, at the, at the start of it, like with the whole Chucky doll, I thought, okay, this doesn't, I feel like this isn't going to make a lot of sense. Like you can't just program a doll wrong and have it be evil and a killer. But, uh, you know, I kind of agree. They they do a good job with showing how he just kind of learns these behaviors and does stuff based off what he's hearing and uh, what he thinks to do. And it's played off really well. And um, yeah, I just I really ended up enjoying this. I think they did a good job with uh, or they had the right idea with not making it a total 
remake of the original and just having a killer go into the doll and you know completely copying it it's not that type of movie where you can really do that and pull it off so I thought it was really smart that it's it is basically just a name only type of remake but um it really works and it's one that I would actually you know go back to and rewatch a lot and it, it seems like a lot of people are really enjoying this too which makes me happy because I was afraid like I would be it would be a case where I'd be the only one who really liked it but yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with it. I think it's a good movie. <laughs> I also got to say, uh, before Mike goes real quick, that um, I had actually forgotten about Mark Hamill going into this film. Like, I knew yeah. he was the voice, but going into the theater, I wasn't thinking about it. And I literally, all through the movie, never once thought of Mark Hamill as Chucky speaking, as his voice is getting progressively more, you know, nutty and crazy. I, at no point did I real did I remember that Mark Hamill was doing the voice, and then I go and watch the end credits, and it was like, you know, someone hit me with a baseball bat. I totally <laughs> had forgotten, and I'm going to say that that is a stellar performance by Mark Hamill because he didn't take me out of the movie once. At no point was I like, oh, here comes the Joker, or oh, it's Luke Skywalker again. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. the fact that he was able to ambiguously do this performance without screaming Mark Hamill is that it's an absolute plus for me. So good job, Mr. Hamill. Yeah. I, I in my general thoughts, I was going to bring that up too, because I definitely feel like he kind of underscored the voice to where it doesn't have as many like Mark Hamill characteristics in it, because <clears throat> I know you probably never heard it because you're not watching trailers anymore. Right. But, um, I think it, I, I I don't think it was in a trailer, but they released like you know those little like ten second promo spots. Mm -hmm. Like they released a couple of those like right after Mark Hamill was announced. And to me, when I heard those, those are much more to me like Mark Hamill sounding. And I was afraid that when I watched the actual movie that that's what it was going to sound like. Cause I was like, Oh my God, that sounds like Mark Hamill trying to do like a sinister voice. <laughs> but then in the actual movie itself, even when um, the doll was like more in the evil side of things, like I didn't feel like Mark Hamill was really hamming up the voice like he did mm -hmm. in those promos. So I'm thinking maybe those promos were, hammed up like that just because it was like the announcement of him being the voice so like he was gonna you know really pronounce or like you know it's almost like announcing that he's doing it but for the actual movie it sounded more neutral sounding to where mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. wasn't it wasn't like it's me mark hamill doing chucky you know because <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. I, I was kind of afraid of that and like i was afraid of like as soon as i heard it in the movie i'd be like oh god damn it like it's too mm -hmm. obvious to pay attention to everything but <laughs> They they did it a lot more subtle, which which was good. Um, as far as the movie itself, yeah, I had I had real fun with it. I was I too was interested how they were going to do the AI. I I thought like from the beginning, like the AI take on it was good, um, mm -hmm. especially for modern times. And also, to me, it was a good justification for having the kid be older than the Andy in the other movie because. You really you can like the kid in this movie, his age, you can't handle my buddy doll and think that like that's a gift he would ever want but like an actual ai controlled you know something that you can sync to your devices and more kind of like a life like that i would take that as like a kid that age what is he probably like 13 maybe yeah, yeah. probably yeah i think a 13 year old would 
take a doll like that. And it's funny too because there was just that freaking episode of uh, for anyone who's seen the new season of Black Mirror, the one with Miley in it, the Ashley Two doll or whatever's <laughs> like an AI thing. So yeah, we've had two AI robot uh, <laughs> things come out lately. Um, I, I thought uh, the story in this was good. I also liked how the behavior on the doll was learned because you almost kind of under some of the things that Chucky kind of evil, I guess the evil version of Chucky does at first, you almost kind of understand because while it's learning, it also doesn't a hundred percent like um, understand the nuances between like what people say and what people actually mean. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of understand cause he's kind of like learning in progress and without like the protections on it to keep him, from acting on that um it makes sense and i like where that went and um there was a scene later on like when because we learned that there's gonna be like something else rolled out later and i thought there's gonna be more to that i'll we'll get into that once we hit spoilers it it's set up really cool and i was hoping for like a more all out i'll compare that to another movie but um I thought they could have done more with that. But otherwise, you know, I was pretty happy with the results of this movie. Now, I'm not one of the people running out saying I think it's better than the original because I personally don't think it's better. But it doesn't it didn't really need to be, you know, it just needed to be good. I still question like you could have I would say my my takeaway still is like you could have done this movie and not even called it Child's Play and just had an AI robot, not even given it the Chucky outfit like just to, because to me it's different enough that people would have bought it just the way it was it's it. different it's different enough but think about the fact that if they would have released it as a whole another movie how many of us shitty horror fans and podcasters would have just been screaming oh it's a child's play ripoff it's a child's play ripoff at least in this sense we can't call it a child's play ripoff because they're advertising that it is it is a remake so I, I, I actually am very okay with how they did it because I'm I'm a fan of remakes that take chances and do things differently. Um, a lot of people know that, you know, I'm not very high on the Suspiria remake from last year, but I will still give them full credit for trying to do something different that Argento didn't do in the original. Uh, same thing with the recent Pet Cemetery. I, I'm really not a fan of that film. But again, yeah. I will give them their kudos for not just making a shot for shot remake, which is just like that's the easy thing to do. Just taking the whole original screenplay and just throwing your own cinematography on it. It's like it doesn't that those kind of remakes are pointless to me. But this I will I will say. And, and as far as quality and this being better than the original, I'm on the fence. I honestly can't say because I, I will fully admit that I'm not. A child's play apologist by any stretch i i enjoyed the first couple i thought they were you know really fun to watch but i also haven't watched the original child's play in over 20 years so uh what i'm thinking is that when this comes out on uh home video i will probably go out buy, and buy both the original and this one and watch them just back to back one night and give my definitive which one i like better because man walking out of the theater i had a shitty and grin on my face i i genuinely had a blast with this movie well venom uh i'll tell you now there's nothing to apologize about liking the original one <laughs> <laughs> um but you know we don't have to make the episode about that but um <laughs> 
so Carly, I think since the last time, I don't think you were here last time when we kind of did the one new thing we do is before we get into spoilers, we kind of go around the cast to see if we recommend um, people see, uh, especially for theatrical ones, it's whether we recommend people seeing them in the theater or waiting. So I'll just start off by saying I definitely say see it in the theater. It's it brings something totally new to the child's play. I don't want to say franchise because it's not really part of the franchise, but just, I guess the universe, the world, it's, it's, it's a totally different experience other than the fact that it's a doll and his name is Chucky and the kid is Andy. That's about the only similar thing. So I think that not only is it good, but you're going to get a completely different experience Mm -hmm. with this. And I think it deserves to be seen in the theater. This is definitely, above what we would call just like you know a a movie you're gonna waste your time on on like a you know a lazy weekend so i would say you know support it go out there and and i think you'll be surprised by how how good it is i mean i'm not saying you're gonna love it but i don't i don't see how people are gonna like hate it or anything like that so i am saying yeah go see in the theater what about you venom um Yes, absolutely. I mean, this gets a very high recommend for me for a theater watch. Um, I don't think it's playing in IMAX or anything like that, but if you could see it on a big screen, definitely go check it out. Um, I feel like it's worth the money and time. Um, if you're, you know, if you're a hardcore fan of Brad Dorf's Chucky, you may or may not like this one. I can't honestly guarantee um the one major problem that i had with this film was the look of chucky which i'll get into more Mm. in the spoiler section but yeah since i hadn't watched any trailers and i don't you know i don't seek out reviews or anything before i watch a film i had seen i i had only seen like those darkened shots of chucky that they've been releasing where you know only like one side of his face is visible or whatever so you know i thought it was okay but then going into the theater uh and watching it and especially that scene where Andy was asking Chucky to make as many scary faces as he could, I I was just sitting there like, oh, God, I hate the look of this doll. But ultimately, it's behavior and and just, you know, the the performances of everyone in the movie, the relationships. There are two major relationships in this movie that make it for me. Um, Obviously, Andy and his mom is the obvious one. I thought they had a great rapport, um, really believable relationship. But then we got to talk about Detective Mike and his mother, I, uh, who obviously brought like the major comic relief to the film. And, you know, um, it, it actually this movie actually gave me empathy for characters in the sense that we as horror fans, you know, we go into a movie like this and we just want to watch people get killed and, you know, creative and crazy ways. Um, but when a movie actually makes their characters likable to the point where you do not want to see them die, that's when a horror movie gets to the root of fear and, and, um, you know, just horror and terror is like, you know, you feel bad when a character dies in this movie. Some, obviously there are some characters in this movie that are throwaway characters that are meant for the audience to enjoy watching their demise, two of them specifically. But there's also other characters that pass in this movie that we don't want to see them pass. And, you know, and and that, that means a lot to me, especially, you know, as old as I am and what, as long as I've been watching horror movies, to be to actually care about a character and to actually feel a little bit of sadness when they're taken out, I think that's just 
the, the, the filmmakers deserve so much credit for that. So anyway, back to the original point. Yes, see it in theaters. Spend your dollars on it. I feel that most people will enjoy it. All right, Carly, should people see it in the theater? Uh, yeah, I pretty much agree with you guys. I think um, it's definitely worth going out and seeing. Um, I feel like, you know, the mainstream audience as well as horror fans alike would really enjoy this one because it's just a fun ride. And there's really no it's not one that you're going to be overly comparing to the original, which is something with Pet Cemetery remake. I didn't really care for that because it was pretty much a lot like just the original movie and I found I was just comparing it and seeing how it's not as good but with this movie it's just a totally different thing it's a lot of fun like I said there's a lot of comic relief in it there's a few good bloody scenes in it as well um there's not a ton of kills but the ones you get are pretty decent in my opinion and um yeah I just really enjoyed the characters and it's funny you say like you feel kind of sympathy for these characters and I almost feel kind of bad for the doll at the end of the movie which is weird it's just uh he didn't know any better like he's singing that buddy song and I'm like oh this poor little guy like he didn't realize but um anyway yeah um uh, and, you know, the look of Chucky, like, I I didn't think he looked great either. I kind of, mainly the mouth, it was just kind of weird and threw you off. But the eyes, I thought they kind of did a good job on. They're really big. And there's a few scenes you get where he's kind of sitting in a dark corner at night. And I, I think he actually looks really creepy with just the huge blue eyes that they give him. But other than that, it, he is a little off-putting. But I did enjoy him more seeing him in the movie than I did in the pictures I saw. So that's not a huge problem for me. But um, yeah, definitely go see this in theaters because it is a fun time and I think it is worth it. All right. Well, that's three out of three recommendations for the theater. So um if you're listening up to this point and you haven't seen it, don't listen to the spoilers until uh, you go see it in the theater. That way you don't have to wait six months before listening to the rest of this episode or, yeah. however, or however long it takes to get released. But um, all right, so we'll hop into spoilers now. And right off the bat, I'll kind of piggyback on what Venom brought up as the other char- other characters, specifically a detective, Mike. Um, I like how and i'm i'm not even saying the movie did it on purpose because it's really trying to be its own thing but it almost kind of played with my expectations due to having seen obviously the original and this being kind of like a remake was i thought he was going to be like once he was introduced and you find out he's a cop and he's kind of like you know befriending andy in the hallway i thought they were going to go down the road of like him almost following kind of like chris sarandon's cop character where like he's more <laughs> really involved with the family you know and he ends up like saving a day but mm. he was really had his own thing going on with his mom and yeah. i thought that whole thing was cool and the way they involved uh the head <laughs> as as the or the severed head with the gift oh, and God, how that's great <laughs> how andy was gonna like try to scheme to get it back um yeah and i was kind of like surprised at like the or how do, how do I want to put it? I was surprised, but I was kind of impressed the way they justified why Chucky killed the mom because he saw yeah. he saw her on the video saying like, "Oh, you're like my new best friend," and Chucky was like, "What the fuck? Like, only I can be your best friend." 
Because yeah, that's, I mean. that's what I mean about the learned behavior is that, yeah. you know, he was he was basically doing what he thought would make Andy happy. And you had mentioned it earlier that obviously AI doesn't always know the difference between the right way to do something and the wrong way to do something. The doll obviously was just taking the easiest way out. What's the easiest way to get somebody out of Andy's life that he doesn't like? Well, get rid of them, obviously. Mm-hmm. So that's what the doll did. I'm sure if the doll could have thought of like, you know, ways to, uh, I don't know, uh, threaten the person or, you know, maybe even uh, in in the one situation kind of threaten the guy to tell uh, Andy's mom the truth about who he is and his other life, you know, potentially that could have worked as well. But, you know, the doll does what the doll thinks is right. And and Carly made a great point. There were a lot of people in the theater that were very sad when the doll met its fate at the end of the movie. I mean, they were, you know, a lot of people were like, they just felt bad. It's like, this is basically like that inner city kid who didn't, you know, have a dad to show him the right way to go. And then he kind of goes off into a life of crime because he didn't have anyone to show him. That's basically what Chucky is. He's this little mm-hmm. kid who is in the process of learning everything around him. But of course, you know, his owner is a kid who lives in the inner city with a bunch of other foul mouthed inner city kids. That's another thing I wanted to bring up. I really like this Andy. Uh, Mike mentioned how this kid isn't as young as the original Andy. And I think that worked really well for the film. The fact that this, this little foul mouth kind of emo little kid who's not happy with the fact that his mom moved him into a, a small apartment after dad left or died. Did they, did they ever say what happened to dad? I can't, no. I don't think so. Yeah, they don't That's, say. Yeah. That was one thing I was going to bring up. It's like you get one scene where he's going through his notebook and you just see a picture of the dad and you kind of think that's going to like lead to some sort of, thing but they never actually bring it up again and i actually kind of enjoyed that because i thought they were going to make a big cheesy deal out of it but he's never brought up again it's just kind of like a throwaway little thing just to show like oh he had a dad and he had a past but now yeah it was like it was a it was a nice quick way to offer some exposition without actually Mm -hmm. like dedicating like Mm -hmm. five ten minutes of running time towards like oh let's explain why the dad left or something we just we just basically get the piece of the puzzle of at some point there was a dad involved yep (laughs) well i mean obviously (laughs) well i mean not not i'm just not in just the creation of it i I mean like his life (laughs) 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 um shoot now i forgot oh no the uh early on like yeah when chucky he's just doing or i think you guys both brought it up how he's just kind of doing what he thinks andy would like it it kind of brought me back to you remember i it might have been a while but terminator 2 when he when arnold first is with john connor and when john connor gets in anytime he gets in a conflict with people uh the terminator is like getting ready to kill him and john stops him he's like why were you going to kill those people? He's like, cause I'm a terminator. I terminate people. Like, that's what I do. And he had to like, try to like explain like humanity to a killing machine. And he's like, and he, he got him to stop in that movie. But, um, so just that little bit kind of like made me think of terminator too. Um, I also love the scene when, cause eventually Andy befriends the two people in the apartment complex and they're like at his house or at their house watching uh texas chainsaw massacre 2 mm-hmm. and you see chucky watching it in the background kind of like trying to mimic it and he yeah. didn't he like come out with a knife or something and yes, they're exactly. like, yeah what the fuck are you doing and it's like hey you're teaching him that this stuff exactly. is cool 
this is how you handle problems and stuff. So I mean, this is uh, a this is a great almost. Um, I don't want to say analogy, maybe an allegory. This is a good allegory for bringing up your kids properly. You know, I mean, I've never been a big believer in that. If you show kids horror movies too early, they're going to just become psycho killers. But here is a good example of what could happen if you do. And I thought I, I just like I said, I thought it worked really well. It, it felt really organic to me. I didn't roll my eyes once in this movie, and that's shocking because I have very loose eyeballs, and I'm constantly (laughs) rolling them at just about everything. And yeah, there was not a cynical moment in this entire film. So yeah, kudos. Yeah, totally agreed on that. Um, Oh yeah, and it's going back to the detective Mike's, his mom. Yes. I didn't, part of me didn't think that they would go all the way and kill off that character. But when they did, it kind of made sense. I mean, it was justified in the story. Yeah. I think that's the part I didn't, I forgot to say it when I was making my overall point of how, of why it made sense that Chucky wanted to kill her. Um, earlier on when we get the kills of, uh, I guess it's, I don't know if it's like the mom's actual boyfriend or just some dude she's hooking up with, but, uh, I don't think anyone was sad to see him go. <laughs> well, no, that's the thing. That's that's almost what I'm a little sad about is that they did end up making him that much that much of a piece of shit. I mean, it's cool for, you know, for the fans to be able to watch a piece of shit die in the film. But at the same time, it's like I, I think it would have been a little bit more of an emotional punch if he was a nice guy, that he wasn't married with kids, you know, with a secret family and that he you know, was actually devoted to the family, kind of like the dad in Halloween, even though he came off as kind of a goofball. Mm-hmm. Um, I still, you know, sometimes I wish that movies wouldn't go for the setting up a shithead just to die. Scenario, yeah. You know? If it would have just been Chucky misreading Andy's emo-ness about his mom hooking exactly. up with a dude, if it would have been more about that as opposed to, oh, see, he really is that extra level or that next level piece of shit. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But the kill was cool. Oh, it was great. Yeah. I mean, that that kill and the landlord kill, I thought were both awesome. Uh, just really good tension throughout. I mean, the kill itself for, what was that guy's name? Shane, I think? Yeah, Shane. Um, that, that kill was spectacular. And even though you don't, you see a little bit of it as it happens. You see a little bit of the, you know, the grinder going towards his head and ripping a chunk off. But to, to actually see the end result, both the end result at the crime scene and the end result at Andy's house, I, I just thought was great. They both brought a smile to my face. Ah, I'm a sick fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, for, despite not having a lot of kills, man, we get a good amount of gore. Definitely earned. It's our rating between language and uh, gore. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, it should make most horror fans happy, I'd like to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say, would you say it's a similar kind of like you're not sad to see the the creepy ass janitor guy go? <laughs> well, obviously, once we realize that he's got cameras inside of people's fucking apartments, yeah, this is what I mean about horror movies purposely setting up pieces of shit, you know, for you know, um, crowd pleasing deaths, if you will. I understand it's going to be a part of our genre forever. It's never going to fully go away, but I would really, really like to start seeing filmmakers, you know, be a little bit more clever with how they, um, set up characters. Like you don't have to make the guy a piece of shit 
for us to want to see the kill, you know? I mean, like I said, I feel like the emotional punch would be better if he wasn't, if we didn't find out what kind of person he really was. Um, but at the same time, you know, I understand the the shameful joy of, you know, watching a douchebag get chopped up. So, you know, wh- whatever. It, it, it's a personal gripe, but ultimately it doesn't bring this movie down at all. Like if I was going to rate it, I would not drop its score because of that, because it is, you know, such a ingrained horror trope at this point that, you know, the whole franchise is hell. Friday the 13th lives on that on just Mm -hmm. killing vapid, good looking white people. So yeah, you know, what are you going to do? It's a part of our genre and I'll accept it, but I'm still going to complain about it. (laughs) How'd you guys like Aubrey Plaza? I thought she did a pretty good job. Yeah, I actually like her again because <laughs> I liked her. I liked her at the start of Parks and Recreation, but then a couple of seasons in, I don't know, her character just got annoying. Like it seemed like she was going out of her way to be the bitch that she was, which kind of annoys me. If it, if it's a natural part of your personality, cool. But at times it felt forced. And this movie, since this character, Karen Barclay, is just the antithesis of Aubrey Plaza's character on Parks and Rec. I like her again. And she did a great job. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she kind of played her usual sarcastic self, but just with a young, with a son. Yeah. Let's say <laughs> a young son, but not as young. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I thought she did pretty good. Um, yeah, I and, like the aspect of having um, a young mother with a young son. At first, I thought that was his sister, and I thought it was kind of just a cool new thing to throw in as well. So did his friends. Yeah. <laughs> Your sister's yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I liked uh I liked uh the end when well that's what I was gonna bring up. I was hoping we would get like so at the end base or not the end, but t- pretty during the third act it we find out that, you know, there's going to be the buddy two point oh, so this the stores are kind of stocking up on them and then we get um, Chucky in there and he kind of uses his AI to take over some of them. And I thought we were kind of get a bigger thing out of that, like just armies of them in the store. I, I did like how he tries to lock down the store and just sure. massacre everybody. <laughs> but most people got out. That way we could get our showdown with the Barclays at the end. Yeah. The um, thing is, if, if we would have had an army of those dolls, it would have ramped up the camp factor. And it would have mm-hmm. taken me completely out of the movie. I am so – because ultimately, you know, earlier you were talking about the Chucky doll past and present and how, you know, the age range of the kids. This particular version of Chucky, I could see adults wanting this thing. I mean, think about it. This is basically Alexa but as a doll. Yeah. So, so it controls all your household, you know, appliances, electronics, but then the thing can actually walk too. So it's like Alexa that can bring you a beer. That's amazing. I, I, I don't understand why more adults in that world didn't have one. I would want one. Shit. I mean, I, I, I mean, just, yeah. I mean, especially like lonely adults would probably love that thing. They've got this AI that talks to them and it says walks. that they're his best friend and you know, and can control everything in your house, could do your shopping for you, not literally go out to the store and do your shopping, but online shopping, shit like that. Basically everything Alexa can do, but it's a physical thing that can do other stuff for you too around the house. So yeah, I I think this version of the buddy doll was great, you know, incorporating that whole, 
um, Alexa or Siri style, you know, AI to it. Loved it. Yeah, I agree. And at the at the end when there's I guess they're stalking the buddy too and that that one the eyes flash red on the one are we to assume like he transferred his AI to like another buddy doll is that what we're, or is that well, just that was a regular like, buddy doll at the end that wasn't a buddy too that was still a regular buddy I, it, it wasn't it, it obviously wasn't the one we followed in this movie because that one got torn to shit at the end yeah but i mean yeah i was because i thought it was a buddy too as well but no those were all buddy dolls those were all i don't know if maybe people like had a mass uh you know returning them all uh, after they heard about the massacre i don't a, know a but. buddy revolt exactly <laughs> but yeah i mean like i said and, and ultimately if this movie is successful and we get a sequel who knows maybe it'll be the buddy too in that one which will make well, sense i, I want to see I want to see that little teddy bear one start tearing shit up. That's what I was going to say. If they do a sequel, they should use that damn teddy bear one because that one was creepy as hell. And it kind of hid to me the the look because I – that's another thing. Or I don't even want to say another thing because I don't really have many negatives. But, I, yeah, I, I was, the look of Buddy – Luckily, the movie itself was good enough where it wasn't something I constantly thought of it all yeah. the time during it. But like, I still like when I see the face, I'm just like, nah. Yeah, and, it's it's a forgivable problem. And <laughs> I know the movie said like a lot of it was practical, but there was plenty of CGI on the face. Like, oh yeah, it, it seemed, yeah. so. Uh, studios just like the studios need to calm down with like proclaiming that oh it's all practical and this and that when they obviously are using CGI for a lot of it. So. Um, but it is what it wasn't like. I saw the CGI. And I was like, I'm angry about this. It was just more like, okay, I know, I knew, I figured it wasn't going to be all practical. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what little there was, none of it took me out of it. Uh, you know, it's not like at any point was I like, oh, that looked terrible. Like I, I didn't say that once in the film, and you know, that's a that's saying a lot considering I say that once or twice in every movie I watch, horror or not. <laughs> yeah. How um. How were your crowds? Did you have like a significant amount of people? Yeah, yeah. I was in a sold out crowd, but I went, I saw it Saturday afternoon. Well, late uh, afternoon. It was like a five o'clock showing in Burbank. So yeah, it, it was, it was pretty much sold out. Yeah, my Burbank, crowd was, Harley. it was pretty decent. So there was a good amount of people. And it, it's funny, actually, when we were leaving the theater, we were kind of wait, we always wait for after credit scenes and usually everyone leaves by now, but we were walking out and there was, a dude and his friend sitting in the back and they were the only two left. And the guy was obviously a big horror fan. He had tattoos on both his legs of um, horror movies, which was pretty cool. And he actually said, he was like, I don't think they shouldn't have called this child's play and they should have used that little bear thing and have that be the main character. So it's funny you guys bring that up, but uh, yeah. Yeah. It felt like that. It felt like the bear was almost like a, like inside joke because of teddy ruxpin was it ruxpin ruxpin yep yeah um because i remember back in the day everyone like it was like either you had it or you thought it was creepy because i remember it being on in toy stores on display i never had one but oh i had one oh the, the, nothing brought me more joy than hearing death metal through my teddy ruxpin <laughs> oh, amazing yeah didn't he have like a tape deck in his chest or something yeah exactly and his eyes and mouth would move and his arms periodically might you know shift or something but yeah if you put in a song that had like a fast pace like a like a, a like a techno song or some really good heavy metal the mouth would just go crazy i loved it 
trying to turn your teddy evil. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I, I couldn't tell you how many seances I attempted with that thing. Trying to get a spirit into it. Trying to get it to come alive completely. I was a twisted little kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Venom, you got anything else? I think I, I mean, kind of said I, what I had for spoilers. Yeah, I think for the most part, you know, everything, we've pretty much covered everything. There's not really a whole lot of deaths to speak of. There's two really, really good ones with a lot of effects in there. We've already discussed, you know, Shane and the landlord. And then, of course, uh, unfortunately, Detective Mike's mom. And we thought Detective Mike might have bought his end as well. But luckily, of course, you know, convenient plot point. He shows up to save the day at the end, but that's fine. I mean, that's another mo movie trope that I just have to kind of accept because it's never going to go away. So whatever. Um, ultimately, I think it's a great film. I'm I really, really liked it. Like I said at the beginning, I, I borderline love this. Uh, I'm going to have to watch it again. I'm probably not going to see it in theaters because, as Mike mentioned, we have a glut of great horror and non-horror movies coming to the theaters right now. So um, that'll probably take up a majority of my time. But this will definitely be a purchase when it hits Blu-ray. I will definitely pick up uh, this movie and the original, like I said, just so I can do my own little personal comparison. But yeah, high recommend. I had a blast with this movie. Go with your friends. Go with some of your, you know, more good-natured friends, people with good senses of humor. Because uh, this is definitely going to turn into one of those fun movies that, you know, 12-year-olds watch on a Saturday night, if that's even still a thing. I mean, <laughs> I'm thinking about my own childhood. But <laughs> I, do people get together to watch movies anymore? Or they, every, is everybody watching movies on their phone now? I don't know. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, I mean, that's probably the problem is there's so much damn things to watch that, like, everyone's off in their own world doing their own thing. It's probably hard to get everyone to agree on one thing unless you have, like, that specific group of friends that, like, all want to watch the same thing. Otherwise, they're like, oh, I'm, I'm doing this tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I guess, I guess Carly's the one to ask. Carly, do you get together with friends to watch movies? Um, I will say back in high school, me and my friends did used to get together and have movie nights, but... Uh, you know, we've all kind of dispersed. Obviously, we all have gone on and done our own thing, so we really don't get together anymore like that. Like, I'll get together with one friend now, but back then, which wasn't too long ago, we did still get together on weekends and watch movies, so it, it is a thing. Not That's too thing, long man. ago, I wish. Yeah, because <laughs> um, if you listen to the latest episode of... Um, uh, what was it? The Watsy Party with Dave Z and uh, and Mr. Watson. They talk a little bit about in that one segment where they talk about horror marketing. They actually talk about the concept of movie now, uh, movie night, and getting together with friends, and if that still exists. And it's like, mm. you know, the the thing that I was thinking about that they weren't talking about is just the fact that we're adults now, and how hard is it to get even four or five adults to give up a Saturday night? just to go to someone's house and watch a movie. I mean, we all have cars, we all have our own money now. It's like, you know, a lot of a lot of what brought on movie night when we were younger was just necessity. It was, you know, it's the only way we're going to get to see our friends. You know, we don't have cars, we don't have a lot of disposable income, so let's get together with friends and watch, you know, a movie on VHS or DVD or whatever the case may be. And as adults, that just goes right out the window. Mm -hmm. It's like yeah. Now, now I'm just as happy in a casino as I am watching a horror movie with my friends or, you know, whatever other vice you, you may have out there. For those who know me, poker is my vice. But it's like, you know, 
even for me, it's like if I already have plans to do, go do something, even if I was invited to like a, you know, a horror movie night with like three or four friends, it's like I would have to weigh my options. You know, it's not something that I would jump at like I did when I was like 15, 16 years old. So it's kind of sad. Ultimately, I'm just saying that it's kind of sad that as adults, we lose that kind of face to face camaraderie that we used to have and now in the digital age with phones and you know tablets and everything else it's like that that personal connection is getting you know more and more severed and you know it sucks i hate to sound like a crotchety old man right now but sorry i am so (laughs) i guess my major point is we need to get together and watch movies again people (laughs) (laughs) yeah for me it was mostly like when you were a kid like when you were too young to drive yet but you were old enough to basically ride your bike wherever you could until you got tired riding your bike so like we would uh ride our bikes and to the video store basically or any video store around us and we'd all just rent movies and go watch them and then as you kind of got to your older teens and obviously having access to a car having a driver's license and you get your the place you can go become farther so people start doing their own thing and then yeah once you hit adulthood it's like especially now with kids it's like finding just a time for myself to watch a movie sometimes can get kind of hairy <laughs> like shit mm-hmm. especially uninterrupted that's the biggest thing because i can throw stuff <laughs> on the tv anytime i want but how, like what are the chances i can actually sit down and focus and not be distracted and have to pause it a hundred times to like go see what the kids want um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think basically what I'm trying to say is go see us in the theater. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully the people in there won't be distracted or be distracting. I got lucky this time. No, no incidents. Um, I think there was like maybe 10, 15 other people and everyone was cool. Um, yeah. I had a few, you know, teenage girls that were, uh, having a little bit more fun than everybody else in the theater but you know it wasn't too disrespectful for the most part they were quiet during the scary part oh shit you know what i forgot something that did happen (laughs) during my so there's probably 10 to 15 people and there was uh this couple that was like so i usually sit closer to the back like i said i go i go sunday morning and it's usually pretty empty so i'll pick like a i don't go to the very last row i usually do like one of the two before that and on the aisle but for some reason this time i'm like hey what the hell i'm just gonna go for the middle and there was a couple that when they walked by me going up the steps they went all the way pretty much to the top so i'd say uh, maybe like 10 15 20 minutes into the movie (laughs) you know um in your theater i'm talking about standard theater chairs none of the luxury ones but when you when you uh put the seat cushion down sometimes it makes that squeak noise sure um so like at about 10 15 20 minutes into the movie i heard that noise like almost on a rhythm and <laughs> these 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 two people sitting in front of me they kind of like looked at me like they they almost were like electing me to look back to like see what the hell was going on <laughs> and I, I couldn't bring myself to do it because one it, it was probably so dark in there that i wouldn't have been able to see because yeah. you know we're talking like 20 rows back from me but it, it lasted for maybe like 10 minutes and then like it stopped and well, like that's I, disappointing yeah i want yeah probably for her but yeah <laughs> I, I, 
<laughs> assuming that's what was going on. I mean, I can't say for sure, but I was just like, because you fir- you hear that first squeak or two, and you're like, oh, someone's just like getting up to like go use the bathroom or get something, so you write it off, and then, but yeah. then every time like the the movie like there would be no dialogue you'd hear it again and i was like what the fuck like <laughs> it's sort of uh, faster and faster and faster <laughs> yeah um but yeah i i forgot about that but they, yeah that definitely happened today so i don't know um like i said i'm not making any proclamations about what it was uh, exactly but i have my guesses <laughs> i wish you would have looked but, uh, it was no child's play what was going on up there. I can tell you that much. The moral of the story is Chucky brings people together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Um, all right. That sounds like that's going to do it for this episode of Fresh Cuts. So before we get out of here, let's find out where we can hear the rest of us. Uh, for myself, I'll just say we um, got the latest episode of No More Room in Hell came out this past week where we did our top 10 favorite horror sequels. That would include anything in the franchise, not just part twos. So just to clarify on that. Um, and that's pretty much it for me besides all the other fresh cuts we've been doing. So Venom, I'll go to you. All right. Um, let's see. Slice and Dice Dreadcast is uh, on a little bit of a hiatus as uh one of the hosts is, you know, dealing with some family issues, but uh, we should be back soon with a, a show about a pair of 1982 films on uh, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space. We put out our episode last month on Godzilla vs. Biollante, and our next episode, which will be the July episode, will cover the original Mothra, which is getting a Blu-ray Steelbook re-release on July 9th. So if, if you're a fan of Mothra, check out that Steelbook re-release. And then shortly after that comes out, we'll be covering that on Underwater Kaiju. So look out for that episode probably mid-July sometime. Uh, theme warriors uh we are ready to record another episode it's just a matter of getting four full-grown adults together with uh, varying schedules uh mike is one of those adults so he knows the uh struggle that we're in right now but uh yeah like that episode's ready to go it's just a matter of scheduling it and it'll be out shortly after that and uh what else is on my docket the horror cast unfortunately still on an extended hiatus as we figure out what the future brings to the podcast without our main man mark nato involved and uh, that's about all on my horizon i've got a couple other projects coming down the pipe that i'm working on kind of little hush hush secret projects that uh i'll be able to announce more on those later on but uh yeah i'm just keeping myself busy Still loving podcasting into my third year now, so <laughs> the more shows, the better. <laughs> All right, uh, Carly, I know you guys just released a new episode of Netflix and Chill, correct? That we did. Yeah, you can check that out. I mean, um, we just released, it was on the movie The Perfection, which is on Netflix. So, uh, yeah, definitely check that out. And then, um, as always, Austin and I from uh, Woodsboro Bros, we have the Movie vs. Movie Horror Podcast, and we are we have a new episode recorded that should be out soon. Uh, he was editing it, I believe, so um, that'll be out eventually. Um, Mr. Derek from Cinema Attack and I have just started up a new thing, but we haven't really uh, put out the episode yet. We actually just recorded it last night, so I'm sure you guys will hear about that here soon. But uh, yeah, other than yeah. that... That's pretty much all I got going on. 
Oh, and I forgot to I forgot to mention one thing, Mike. Um, I actually did do a guest spot on the latest episode of Who. Uh, what is it? Who will survive? Who will survive? Paul Stevenson's. Yes, uh, with, yeah. Paul, with Paul and Marco. Uh, we just recorded that last week. I'm not sure exactly when he's going to be releasing that, but look for that soon. Uh, in that episode, we covered two Spanish language horror films, um, Atrocious and Mexico Barbaro. Had a good time reviewing those. Had a really good time talking to those two fellas. So check out uh, that episode and check out their podcast in general. It's a really good one. Wait, we will did, survive. Did the show open with them being confused for 10 minutes, whether you were Spanish, Dominican, <laughs> Latin? <laughs> or... <laughs> no, no, no Dave Z on this episode all was well <laughs> <laughs> well that's good <laughs> um and then carl yeah you mentioned the the new show you're doing with derek i believe he did a post on our group page uh for no oh, yes. from hell on it he did is, yes is are you is that the one that you guys are covering blood simple for the first episode or is that yeah, somebody else okay yes that is what we're doing. And it's basically we just um, pick a movie. Um, I'm kind of letting him pick the movies because he's kind of trying to introduce me to some films that I've, uh, you know, bypassed over the years. And Blood Simple was definitely a good one. That's one I've always wanted to uh, check out and just kind of put on the back burner. But we're pretty much doing in-depth reviews where we go into spoiler territory and all that. We do, you know, our initial thoughts and kind of like this show, honestly, like. We just give our initial thoughts and then we go throughout the movie and talk about certain aspects of it that we like or dislike. So uh, that should be pretty cool. I think the first episode went pretty well, so I'm excited to put it out. That's cool. Yeah, Blood Simple is a really solid movie, and I believe it's the Coen Brothers' first movie. Yes, so correct. For that, yeah, for that to be their first movie, that's... Mm-hmm. It's pretty good, but um, I will not try to get you to give your thoughts here because everyone needs to listen to that show. Um, And did you say the name of the show yet? Can I? Celluloid Dissections. That's right. I didn't want to say it because I'm bad at pronouncing things, but yeah, Derek kind of coined that title and I was like, let's roll with it. (laughs) Yeah, sounds good. Cool. Well, everyone check out all those shows with Carly, especially the new one. Um, it sounds like it's going to be a fun time. And obviously uh, by the movie you're doing first, it's uh, a non horror specific, although I'm sure horror will come up from time to time, but that's cool. Cause mm-hmm. as much horror as we all watch, I mean, I know me personally, I do watch non horror movies as well. Um, so it's always nice to talk about different genres. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Yay. I just Ooh. watch horror and porn. <laughs> <laughs> That's covers covers all at. the bases. <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. I believe our next episode should be happening next week uh, on Annabelle. What What's the subtitle of it? Annabelle comes home. Comes. Yeah. I, I thought it was either. Yeah. Comes home or homecoming or something like that. But so Annabelle comes home, which doesn't make sense because we already saw where she came from in the last movie. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what, that's what it's I thought. Too. It's like, who's co- whose home is she coming to? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, if the mo- if the movie does poorly, she'll be coming to everyone's home quick because it'll, ah. <laughs> it'll be on Netflix in like a month. Nope. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Carly, thanks again for yes. coming on and kind of last minute too. I mean, I, I know oh, yeah. I kind of I know I threw it out there like in the middle of last week, but we mm-hmm. didn't really actually nail a guest down until today. So that was really nice of you to just uh, hit us up and jump on. 
Yeah, no problem. Like I said, I wanted to talk about this movie, thought it was a fun one, so happy to be here. Awesome. Cool. Well, you are always invited back in the future. So um, with that said, listeners, thanks for joining us for another episode, and we'll be back probably in about a week's time. So catch you all later. Good night. Adios. People, let me tell you about my best friend. She's a warm-hearted person who loves me till the end. People, let me tell you about my best friend. She's a one-boy cuddly toy. My up, my down, my pride and joy. People, let me tell you about him. He's so much fun. Whether we're talking man to man or whether we're talking sun to sun.